Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Acts chapter 23. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest. For it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I'm a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial today because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Now when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of these things. There was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify about me in Rome. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we've killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petition the commander to bring him before you on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. But when the son of Paul's sister heard of this plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. The centurion said, Paul the prisoner sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside, and asked, What is it you want to tell me? He said, Some Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them, because more than forty of them are waiting in ambush for him. They have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they've killed him. They are ready now and waiting for your consent to their request. The commander dismissed the young man with this warning. Don't tell anyone that you have reported this to me. Then he called two of his centurions and ordered them, Get ready a detachment of two hundred soldiers, seventy horsemen, and two hundred spearmen 
to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide horses for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. Then he wrote a letter as follows. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency, Governor Felix, Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him. But I came with my troops and rescued him, for I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against this man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against him. So the soldiers carrying out their orders took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipatris. The next day, they let the cavalry go on with him while they returned to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's palace. This is now Paul's second defense of what's taken place in his life. And in chapter 22, he had been accosted by the people in the temple and ultimately arrested by the Roman guards and taken aside. Now, in this chapter, he's brought before the Sanhedrin to explain himself with the Roman commander looking on. So Paul, looking straight at the Sanhedrin, verse 1 said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there and judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. And so Paul knew the law of Moses quite well, and the the fact that the high priest commanded him to be struck was contrary to the law of Moses. But Paul didn't realize he was correcting the high priest. And so the men there said, how dare you insult God's high priest? Paul apologized and quoted scripture saying, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. And uh, his excuse was he didn't know he was the high priest when he was rebuking him. But nonetheless, the high priest was out of line having Paul struck. And then in verse 6, Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. Now, at this juncture, there were a number of different factions within uh, the Jewish community. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the two uh, predominant groups that were in power in the Sanhedrin and in the temple itself. The Pharisees are actually the spiritual ancestors of most of the rabbis in our generation or the Jewish believers in our generation. The Sadducees no longer exist. And of course, current Jews don't refer to themselves as Pharisees. But the, the, um, the men that were part of those identified as Pharisees at the time of Christ and at the time of Paul became the spiritual ancestors to modern Judaism. And so Paul said he was a Pharisee. He was one of these believers. And he said, I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Now, this was a constant uh, source of division between Pharisees and Sadducees because the Sadducees didn't believe there was any resurrection of the dead. 
They didn't believe that there were angels or, or spirits or anything like that, but the Pharisees believed in all these things. So Paul wisely positioned himself alongside of the Pharisees in opposition to the Sadducees. It was a divide and conquer strategy, if you will, and probably inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the two groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, began to argue. You know, the Pharisees said, that, I don't find any problem with Paul saying the things he's saying. The Sadducees, uh, of course, having a tremendous problem. In verse 10, the dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. So he ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him to the barracks. The following night, he had a visitation from Jesus. It says that the Lord himself stood near Paul and spoke to him. Now, this is uh, not recorded in the Gospels. This is a personal, personal visitation with Paul and a personal conversation Jesus had with him. So Jesus said these words, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now remember, it was Paul's great desire to go to Rome and to, to share the good news about Christ in Rome. And Paul, on his third missionary journey, had purposed in his heart to go to Jerusalem and ultimately to go to Rome to testify about Christ. And the Holy Spirit had warned him time and again, you're going to be arrested in Jerusalem. You're going to be put in chains, which has in fact happened. But this was the route by which God was going to bring him to Rome. And so Jesus, once, to, once again, was um, encouraging Paul, just as the Holy Spirit had done previously, saying, it was important that you testify about me in Jerusalem, but you must also testify about me in Rome. The next day, some Jews formed a conspiracy to kill Paul. They thought he was such a great threat to Judaism that they decided they were going to kill him. And so 40 men took an oath not to eat or drink until they'd killed Paul. And we read that Paul's sister had a son who heard of the plot. Now, this is the first we find out that Paul had any family members anywhere, much less living in Jerusalem. So we now know Paul had a sister and Paul had a nephew because the son heard about the plot for these Jews wanting to kill Paul. And so the, the young man went to Paul and told him, Paul said, go tell the centurion privately about the plot. The young man did. And the centurion took it on himself to send Paul to the Roman governor. And he wrote a letter, uh, which he kind of fabricated some of the details, saying that he had found out that Paul was a Roman citizen. Therefore, he rescued him from the hand of the Jews. It's kind of a half-truth. He was uh, actually going to punish Paul and beat him when he found out he was a Roman citizen. He wasn't in the process of rescuing him because he was a Roman, but he did find out. So anyway, he writes this letter and sends um, many soldiers to haul Paul to Caesarea before the governor. In verse 34, the governor read the letter and asked what province Paul was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard at Herod's palace. And so this chapter 23 ends after Paul's second defense. He is before the governor in Caesarea and awaiting his third defense, which we will tackle in Acts chapter 24. Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit speaks to Paul. The Holy Spirit spoke to him in the days of his flesh. The Holy Spirit guided him and Jesus appeared to Paul to confirm what the Spirit was saying. Lord, we thank you that you still speak to your people. You speak to uh, both Jew and Gentile alike, calling them to righteousness, calling them to the ways of God. You call them forth to be your people. 
in the earth and to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. Lord, I thank you for those that testify courageously that Jesus is the Messiah. Lord, for born-again Jews and Gentiles alike, I pray, Lord, that you would infuse them with courage so that they might testify about you in every generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.